Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. I am very excited about today's guest. She is a dancing champion. Uh, she's absolutely amazing on the dance floor. She is a panellist on The Masked Dancer. She is a judge on Dancing on Ice. She has recently just become a mum. It's Odie Mabuse. Hello. Hello, Giovanna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very, very, very sleepy, tired, but good. Because <laughs> you are in the thick of it right now. Yes, as you can hear. Can you hear that? <laughs> like, like I said to you before, like if we hear the baby, that's absolutely fine. I, it would yes. be the worst parenting podcast ever. We were like, we cannot hear your children. We're not allowing them on the recording. <laughs> yes, so I'm so goes. very much in the thick of it, but but l- loving it, funny enough. And, and I, I think 
I'm I'm realizing and learning so much every single day. Yeah. How old is the baby now? The baby now is 10 weeks old. Oh, wow. We announced the baby when she was I think 8 or no, 9 weeks, yeah. but we just wanted to take time for ourselves really we took about nine weeks just me marius the baby all my family members yeah. my, my two best friends and we just built this cocoon where it was just us That's and so she nice. also was very premature she came really 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 early unexpected premature right. um which was a big 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 shock yeah but kind of like going through all of that emotional trauma that you go through when you have a premature baby and then for six weeks being in the hospital with the little one yeah and then finally coming out and having her home with friends with family over Christmas was really really nice yeah I love the fact that you've that you've kept that yeah to you you know yeah we, we kept that because she was in critical condition, really, for the first six weeks. And we, me and Maris just really wanted to be there mentally, physically, emotionally. Yeah. My mom as well, she, like, dropped everything and flew directly to England just to be with us. And we were just there for her. That's where mm. we were mentally. And you can't really be anywhere else because it's a weird feeling because things don't always go to plan. Yeah. Especially when you have like a little premature baby, you give birth, you hug, and then the baby gets taken away. Mm -hmm. And then the next time you see them, they're in a box and they're wired up and they're not well or they're under blue light and, and it gets traumatic. So you, you have to get over giving birth, yeah, that feeling first, and then get over there, oh, I'm not walking out of here with my baby. We're going to stay here for a while. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to touch back on all of this again, but I yeah. want to go right back first to your childhood in South Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. What was your childhood like? Were there lots of siblings? You know, where did you live? Obviously, dance was a massive part of yes. your childhood. Yes. I grew up in South Africa. We had lots of kids around because my mom is a school teacher ah. in a nursery. So many, many. So all of those kids, every single year, the new class were my sisters and brothers. <laughs> so we had a lot of kids growing up. My mom is also one of five. And everyone has between three and four children. Right. So lots of cousins as well. Same on my dad's side. So, so there were a lot of kids. And my mom tried to obviously make all of them dance. Obviously. <laughs> so we had cousins that were dancing as well that we were competing against. Um, and I think as a family, we've just always loved that, that whole sense of community. You know, mm. we grew up in a township called Mabopani, then moved to Pretoria. And it's just always been communal. You know, whether you're in church, you're in a group with other people socializing, whether you're at dance school, again, socializing, whether you're at school, or whether... You're helping my mom in her nursery. We've always had this sense of community and family and big family, loud family, dancing family, whether it's Christmas and it's summer, 
because our Christmases are different. It's we're outside, we're partying. All our lives really was big family and community. Mm, I love that. Do you think yeah. your love of dance ca- came from that? The community, the fact that people come when you come together to dance. That's a very, it's a very social thing. It's you know, it's yeah. a different way of communicating really as well. Dancing 100% is a part of the culture, kind of the, the blood, the DNA of the blueprint of South Africa, of Africa, really. In Mabopane, my mom, in the preschool, when all the kids were gone, after hours, she turned the preschool into a dance school because she just saw that kids were not doing anything. There, there's no extramural activity. There's no community center. There's not a lot of opportunities for kids who are from yeah. Mabobane. And so she turned the crash, we call it in South Africa, the crash into a dance school. <laughs> and so she brought as many kids, as many kids that she would see in the street. She'd be like, come dance, come dance. And obviously in the whole township when it's quiet and you hear doots, all the kids are very interested in where's this music, where do we hear shouting, where do we hear playing? And so many kids came and danced for the for the dance school. Yeah, the crash. That's absolutely amazing. Yes. So the, the love of it, it came really from my mom's determination to help other children and us. Did you ever, growing up, you know, throughout your teen years and, and um, early 20s, did you ever think about having a family of your own because obviously you came from a big family on both sides you was constantly surrounded by cousins and uh, everyone in the crash did you ever think about becoming a mum yourself I think growing up when I was a teenager because of the community everybody goes to school everybody goes to university everybody gets married then they have kids that was the mm-hmm. life that is yeah the life that everybody was living and I was like this can't be it for me. Like, literally, this can't be my story. I had accomplished everything that I wanted to. At that point, yeah. I was eight-time South African champ. And the option mm. was you quit dancing and get married and have kids. So mm. for the longest time, I had to run away from that idea of wanting kids because I had made this decision to move overseas and yeah. to dance. And as you know, when you're dancing, really your body is the temple and your body's mm-hmm. how you make money. So family yeah. for a good 10 years was not an option. Like children yeah. were something that were at the back, the back, the back of my mind. And I never even spoke about it with my husband. I was like, really? He was like, kids? I was like, no, career, 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 yeah. career. I went from South Africa to Germany met Marius, we started competing, we started dancing together, then we were both on Strictly Germany, and then this magic happened that I ended up on Strictly UK, and that in itself is a new world, it's the beginning of a career, and once you get hit with the Strictly bug, you really, really get into it, it's all you can think about, it's all you can, it's everything really, and Rightfully so, because it's such an amazing show. And then yeah. you win. And then you go, what now? <laughs> yeah. You go, okay, I worked 10 years for this this amazing achievement on this amazing show. I've done everything else. I've built what I wanted to build. I've accomplished my goal. Now what? And mm-hmm. you're a little bit older. And the doctors say, hey, <laughs> 
when you get to 35, things are going to change, you know? Yeah. And so I think after Strictly, for me, that was really, okay, you need to start to think about the next 20 to 10 years now. You need to really plan. And family, of course, being something that I rejected for such a long time, then became the only thing I could think about. You also get to an age when you're like in your 30s, where everyone seems to, again, when you're trying to fall pregnant, it just seems like everybody yeah. else around you is getting it right and you're not. We we tried. Mm. I mean, we didn't try long. It's just my my patience is not a lot. I'm a very impatient person. But also when we're talking about that planning thing, you know, you've kind of gone, okay, so now is the right time. And when it doesn't, you know, just happen how you think it's going to happen. And, and also as women, I think... You know, at least for me, I know that I had spent so long trying not to get pregnant. So then that mind switch, you're like, well, hold on. How does it not just happen easily? Because I I spent my whole life worried that it was going to happen so easily. Exactly. And also you go, oh, I'm I'm from Africa. We're fertile. Everyone falls pregnant in Africa. Everyone has a baby. (laughs) And then you go, oh, no, it doesn't happen once, twice, three times. There's there's actually things that you have to do. And... We tried for three months. We tried for three months. That's why I'm saying I'm quite impatient. And after three months, I was like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done with this life. It's not for me. And then by that point, I was pregnant. (laughs) But but it is is that mind switch of now I was a married woman. And now I Mm. want to be a mom. I, I really, really want this. And again, being competitive as a dancer... I had the feeling that my body had failed me. Yeah. So difficult, isn't it? Because I think so many women are told, just don't, you know, don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. But then it quickly becomes all you can focus on and all you can think about. And when you're on social media, I think so. Because I know this is weird, but when you start saying, I want to have a baby, something happens in your algorithms where, of course, I'm a social media generation, where that's all you see. That is all you see, all your adverts, all of your pages, everything. Your parents stop talking about it. Your friends stop talking. (laughs) Your high school friends are like, we're three kids in. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't even get one. Uh, (laughs) And it it becomes all you can focus on. And then that, not able to accomplish it, becomes the thing that's so frustrating. Had you given yourself like a window because of Dancing on Ice and knowing that you'd be starting filming that Mm. in... Oh, the very end of December, start of January. Had you um, had you kind of gone right? I need to be. I need to have had the baby by this by this month. So actually, the baby was due two weeks before Dancing on Ice, and in my head, I was going to do it. I was always going to do Dancing on Ice. That was never a question. That was me going. Yeah. I'm going to do it. it. It doesn't really matter. And it, no one's opinion at that point still actually right now mattered <laughs> it really mattered yeah, i was yeah, going yeah. to do it and what had happened was during pregnancy i got a lot of groin pain so i got spd so i literally can't climb stairs you can't turn over you just have this pain in your in your groin and then i got gestational diabetes which mm. then that was another whole world of discovery and another blow really because then my doctor said to me well then you probably won't get to 40 weeks we're gonna have to do a cesarean how many weeks were you at this point 
at this point, I found out because they do the test only in about 28 weeks. Right. They do the test at 28 weeks. And she was just like, yeah, you're probably going to have to get to 38 and we're going to have to do a plan C-section. And then again, I was like, okay, fine. So definitely making it for Dancing on Ice. But no one ever from the team ever put me under pressure like you have to. My agents and my, my, my PR were amazing. They were like, look, you are under no pressure. This is mm -hmm. up to you. If you don't make it for show one, then you don't make it for show one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. ITV and Lifted, everyone was like, if you don't make it, it's okay. It's okay. Relax. Yeah. You are under no pressure. I was like, I'm going to be there. <laughs> I was like, thanks for the pep talk. I get it. Yes, I love you all. Thank you so much for being so welcoming. Everyone was amazing. I was like, but I'm going to be there. It's not even an option. Um, yeah. My doctor was like, yeah, you'll be there, but you'll need a chair. <laughs> you'll definitely need a chair <laughs> or two and a pillow. <laughs> you'll be you'll be there. It'll just hurt. Don't worry. You don't, you, all you do is talk, but it's going to hurt. And I think that mindset of I'm going to be there was played a role in how everything also turned out because I manifested it and I said it yeah. and I feel like I put it out there in the world. But I didn't give myself a time. I just knew that this was going to happen. And I yeah. don't know why. I, do, I, I love the show that much. I really, really love my job. And I wake up yeah. like, here we go. Because <laughs> I love just having a, um, a purpose and, and doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go back to you finding out you were pregnant. Did you have any symptoms or anything before you took a test? Let me tell you. We were living our best lives. We, Because <laughs> by that point, I had said, I'm not doing this, right? I gave up. I was like, yeah, we're done. Let's go out. Let's go have a blast. We went to, I think, a Chris Brown concert. Then we went to go see Lizzo. Then we went to, the last one was Kevin Hart. And then the next day, we went into a jacuzzi, just, just for fun. And... Yeah. I was like, oh, I need the toilet. <laughs> and then I remember my friend, Takis, had said, friend, you smell different. I was like, what? Did she? Do I need deodorant? And she goes, no, no, no. It's not. It's like a, a sweet, milky smell. Like, I think you're pregnant. And I was like, please leave me alone. Like, leave me alone. Like, you know, you know the journey. You know, we've stopped. We stopped trying. She's yeah. like, no, take a pregnancy test. And something in that moment said, okay, take a test. So I took the test yeah. and I looked at it after five seconds. I was like, oh, one line, threw it away. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm done. Went back to my husband. We were like, hey, having a good time. And then I was like, I don't think I read that properly. Five seconds might have not been enough. So I went to the bin. <laughs> I went back to the bin. I dug through it. And I'm like, let me just check. And there were two lines. And I was like, what do two lines mean? I don't know what two lines mean. I don't know what two lines mean. I don't think, no, no. Let me dig again and find the instructions. And it says one line, not pregnant, two lines, pregnant. I'm like, no, no way, no way. And my husband was just sitting in bed on his phone. And I was like, oh, let me record this. This will be the best moment. This is such a perfect Instagram moment. Let me record this. I show him the test <laughs> and he goes, why are you showing me a COVID test? And, 
he's like, it's two lines. It's fine. You 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 don't have COVID. Okay, come back to bed. I'm like, no, it's not a COVID test. It's a pregnancy test, <laughs> and I'm pregnant. He's like, what? I'm like, I'm pregnant, and he goes, oh, okay. That's it. That's the, that was it. <laughs> that was it because. <laughs> So here's the symptom. The symptom was I had been crying for four weeks almost every day. And he thought I was going through something because I wanted this baby so much. I was going through something. I was so emotional. I would see a baby on Instagram. I would cry. He built the doghouse. I cried. I, like, I wish you were building a baby car. <sighs> so I was constantly crying. And he didn't want to react in case it was bad news. Right. So he just went, oh, okay. That was it. <laughs> And then the next day he had to go to Germany and he left. No. That was it. That was the reaction. I bet Taki's had a had a better reaction though. Oh my god. So I to- so I found out that I was five weeks pregnant. So then you still can't go to the doctor yeah. then. So I had to be quiet and I couldn't be quiet. I couldn't keep it in. So I told my mom. My mom was like, Yay! It's about time. <laughs> I didn't want to stress you. Because <laughs> she never asked me once. Not once did she ask me because she knows that it would upset yeah. me. So she was like, oh, I'm so scared to ask you. But, oh, my God, this is my dream come oh. true. I told my dad and my dad was like, good. After you have the first one, get straight on to the second one. Wow. Don't take any breaks. This, this is such great that reactions. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, get on it. I told Mutsi and Mutsi I told at the king's birthday. We were at the king's birthday and Mutsi and I can drink. And all of a sudden, I was having tea. And she's like, what? I was like, no, 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 um, I'm just having tea. And she's like, you better not tell me you're pregnant on Instagram. You better <laughs> not tell me you are pregnant on Instagram. She's like, I know you Instagram women with more than half a million followers. You put everything out there. I know. So you better not tell me. And I was like, no, we just made a pact that we're not drinking. And I've stuck to it, which was not the truth. Yeah. So then I got home and I was like, I'm pregnant. And she's like, I knew it. I was like, yes, I'm not going to tell you next to Amanda Holden. (laughs) (laughs) Before you do your BBC One show interview, I'm not telling you then. (laughs) Like, and I can't, Tess is there, everyone is there. Like, literally all of BBC and ITV were behind us. I'm like, I can't tell you. Only Merce was next to us. I was like, I can't tell you when all these people are around us. I had to wait for us to be quiet. And she was like, I can't believe it. This is amazing. I cried for like three days. And then I told my other sister as well. And she cried for three days. And then Marius came back from Germany. And then he was like, I can't believe it. I actually can't believe I'm going to be a dad. Still not excited. He's like, I still need to see the ultrasound. Then I'll believe (laughs) it. So we waited like 12 weeks for Marius to get excited. And then once he got excited, then I was like... Okay, we can get excited. <laughs> we can be happy now. So it took me about 12 weeks to kind of take it in. Yeah. I loved, 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 loved being pregnant. Like, I genuinely loved it. Mm. So many people were like, you're going to be in pain. You're not going to like what you look like. And I kind of changed the narrative. And I felt sexy. I felt empowered. My skin was glowing. It was glowing. <laughs> I was eating right and I was really, really happy. I mean, I still am, but just compared to how people describe what pregnancy is like. Do you think part of that was 
the fact that you're a dancer and you have control of your body and you know you know what your body is doing whereas in pregnancy obviously that is taken out of your control mm. do you reckon people were sort of leaning towards that aspect of it uh, yeah but also i think people take their own experiences and put it on you yeah i think yeah. everyone when you tell people you're pregnant the first thing is congratulations the second thing is they tell you how you're going to feel because they felt that way and probably their family members and everyone they know felt that way and then the third thing is they give you advice and you're like no 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 I know I don't want your advice I actually also don't care about <laughs> your advice because every pregnancy is so different I realized that so many people had trauma during their pregnancies and then they put it on mm. you so then you expect for all of those things to come and maybe you even manifest yeah. them because that's what you think is going to happen mm -hmm. i thought i was going to get this big big nose and these big lips and my face is going to start and my legs and i was going to get pigmentation and i was going to look rough and that's what i i expected because everyone had told yeah. me that's what happens to african black dark-skinned women when we fall pregnant and it didn't happen it really didn't yeah. happen and I, and I think I had to learn also in pregnancy that people's opinions is just based solely from their own experiences. It has nothing yeah. to do with me. It has everything to do with mm -hmm. their experiences. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How did you feel going further on towards the pregnancy? I couldn't just get up and, and go, you know? And being a dancer, I can, can just, I've got a pep in my step. Yeah. I can go. But when you're pregnant, you can't, you're a little bit slow. I don't think even Morris was used to me being that slow. He'd be like, come on. And I'm like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I can't move as fast as you. I can't walk as fast as you. Um, so that dynamic changes as well. Yeah. And the pain and the diabetes and and then I'm I'm a woman with a bigger chest. So carrying the, the belly and carrying my own boobs felt like honestly mm -hmm. I felt like a bodybuilder. I was like, this is heavy. This is really, really, really heavy. And and the pain that I was physically feeling as well in my groin. So all of that started to feel really, really, really heavy. And I was still working. So yeah. that became a lot. 
And my friend would say, write in your journal. Just write everything. And my agent, actually. I was like, journalize everything, everything. And I read it yeah. the, uh, the other day, and everything was like, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. But I saw the baby's <laughs> heart. I'm in pain, I'm in pain. But oh. the baby's a girl. I'm in pain, I'm in pain. <laughs> so I would have to find these little moments that I'd have to capture for a long time to kind of get me yeah. through it and so that I don't think about the pain. And yeah. work again was another thing. I was actually doing a bit on Big Brother and that gave me laughter, it gave me a focus, it, it, it distracted me from that, the pain. Yeah, the distraction, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. It was a really, really great big distraction. distraction. Because there's a massive thing, I think, when you go to work, you are... Your, your OT at work. Yes. Do you know what I mean? That's a very different, you're not just sitting within yourself and experiencing, you are, you're on, you're switched on, you know, and that's a very different feeling, I think, to just every that day. Is it. And you have to look the part and as you know, it's not just, you're not just there for two hours, you're kind of there for a really, really long time. And, and to be honest, I loved it. And again, the team was amazing and the team was super, super accommodating. But yeah, looking back, I would have literally just relaxed. Like that's one thing that I wish I would have done. And nobody forced me. Yeah. It was just something in my head yeah. where I was like, I need to keep going. I need to keep going. I'm going to go until the day I deliver. But looking back, I would have just taken all my money, gone to Italy <laughs> and enjoyed my life. Just taking a, a break and, <laughs> and really slowed it down. Yeah. So uh, what what happened towards the birth? So the moment when, when I started to push, honestly, felt so empowering. And, and so I, I felt like a woman for the first time. Like I felt like I was giving birth to myself mm. as well to become this new woman. And when I saw her for the first time, shocked yeah. that I had done yeah. it. And she was the most beautiful human being I had ever seen in my life, like gorgeous she um, must have been super tiny as well that's the thing so you go you're so beautiful and then in that moment when you're happy and and you're feeling elated and you're like you did this thing and, and it took 16 hours then they get taken away yeah because now born really 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 tiny really small mm. they have to check for infections they have to check if her lungs are good enough they have to check if she can eat on her own they have to check if all her organs have developed and she's well enough and so that moment of like I've been through this amazing birth which was incredible really yeah. it was incredible uh, it was serene it was happy it was everything that I wanted the last bit was not what I had wanted where you see the, yeah. your child for two minutes and then they get taken away by like a group of 10 midwives and doctors. Yeah, That's when things start to change and that's when things start to hit you. And then you go your separate ways and you don't mm. get that skin on skin. You don't get to hold your baby. I, I think we didn't hold her for about a week because she was still in an incubator with wires, uh, with jaundice, so she was under blue light. And she had infections because it turned out that I had sepsis. Oh <laughs> Look at your gosh. face. Yeah. And it's something that I don't know was missed or was not seen or was not tested for. Well, I know that sepsis is really hard for um, doctors to diagnose, isn't yeah. it? So it does get missed 
yeah. a lot. You know, yeah. so many deaths in the UK are due to sepsis getting missed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and what happened was the, the bacteria around your womb, which protects the baby when the baby mm. is still in the womb, when your water breaks, it then attacks the baby. And so she had infections that obviously they didn't have time to diagnose. So all they had to do was give her antibiotics yeah. and make sure that she was okay. They just had to give her things like, you know, ticking boxes to make sure that she doesn't have this and take tests every single yeah. night. Like the NHS and the midwives and the doctors and the consultants are amazing. I've never used it because I don't get sick that much. And if I get mm -hmm. sick, I like take cough medicine and then I, you know, I move on with my day. But to be in hospital and to find this new world, which is mm. the NICU, the neonatal world, which is a world as a mom, you don't ever think you're going to end up in until you're in it. My emotions were so high because it's Christmas time. And in this country, there's something that happens after Halloween where everything is heightened for happiness and joy towards yeah. Christmas, the TV, the lights, the radio, every single song you hear is happy. Every single person you see on television is shiny and happy. But when you're not happy mm. and you've just given birth and your hormones are going up and down, there's such a big disconnect. And that can also be depressing, really, because you, yeah. you really go through that postpartum. And it's, it's just really hard when you think what your baby's going through. And that, yeah. again, that is not something natural that a child should feel when they come out. You, you want everything again to feel very cozy and loving and, and slow and serene. And it's just, you hear hospital machines, you, you get pricked and they get touched by midwives. And of course it's for the good, it's good for them, yeah. but it's just not how you thought it would go. And, you, and for them, it's just painful to come out and have an infection. And like you're saying, you're still going through your recovery, your physical recovery. Yeah, I, I was taken down in a wheelchair and you, you can't get up. And the first thing that you want to do is just hold your baby, right? You want to hold them and you rock mm. them, but you can't. You just you just have to just look at them. And I remember crying because I couldn't get the wheelchair close enough to her bed. And, and that was traumatizing and emotionally very exhausting. Very, very, yeah. very exhausting. And you have to be strong in a point where no woman should be strong. I'm a big advocate for women not having to be strong. Like, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to cry. It is okay to show that you are human. It is human. But in that moment, even I found it hard because I had to be strong for her. Otherwise, yeah. if I didn't, then it would be her and me both really going through it. And we're at a point where I started hyperventilating and everyone was like, you just need to sleep. Even the nurses were like, you need to sleep because it's really important that you sleep, that the baby can relax, that you can create the milk. Because if you're stressed, mm -hmm. there's no colostrum that's coming. So you need to relax. And if crying is what you need, then do it. Absolutely cry. How did it feel when you were told that you were going to be able to take her home? You have no idea. Oh my God. You had yeah. so <laughs> we had been there every single day for six weeks and 
my really, really good friend, Steph McGovern, mm -hmm. um, had given us her flat to live in. So she gave up her home and she's like, you and Marius, please, you can use this place as long as you want, which shout out to Steph. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And so we were able to have a home and not be far from the hospital. So when they said we could go home, it was about six weeks later <laughs> and she was feeding and she, she wasn't needing the tube anymore. She was off of the gas. She had no infections. She was awake. She was alert. She was crying. She had her dirty diapers. And they were like, maybe before Christmas. And... I was like, okay, do not do that because I get really excited. <laughs> Don't play with me unless you are sure that we could do this. And so what happens before you leave is that you have to spend two nights at the hospital in a room. And it's called, it's not called a sleepover. It's called like the parents in. I call it a sleepover. Everyone was laughing at me. It's not called a sleepover. It's called like a parent in or something where the parents sleep right. in the hospital. So you, you sleep in and whenever your baby cries overnight, because for six weeks, remember, at night, somebody else takes care of your baby. Mm -hmm. So you get to go home. So you're not overwhelmed like how most parents yeah. are where you go, gosh, I can't sleep. For six weeks, you actually get to sleep. You only wake up to mm -hmm. pump. But yeah. That first night where, where they wake you up every two hours, my God. <laughs> You're like, what is this hood? <laughs> what planet is this? What is this? And then they go, okay, so now that you can wake up every two hours, you're going to take the baby and you're going to sleep with the baby upstairs, still in the hospital. Yeah. And then we did that. And I don't think we slept. We literally, we just looked at her and we were like, okay, tag team each other. You get two hours, I get two hours. You get two hours, I get two hours. And then a nurse comes and goes, are you okay? Okay, can you do this? Yes, okay, now you can go home. And we just were like, yes. <laughs> It must have been a mixture of like pure relation of being able to go home, but also a bit of fear mixed in with that because you have had that support or were you just like running for the door? Oh my gosh, I've never packed my stuff so fast. In my <laughs> <laughs> I have never packed so fast. I was like, I need to be out of here. And they were like, we'll be back in 10 minutes. I would be looking at the clock and I'm like, I'm counting you to the second. I need you here in 10 minutes. And they're like, yeah, we have a couple of tests. I was like, finish. I want to get out of here. There was no fear. I was like, I need to get out. Mars was like, relax, breathe. It's going to happen. I'm like, no, it's not happening fast enough. I want to get out. Um, I just wanted her home with her family. Yeah. And I and it felt weird going to the house without her. The house mm -hmm. just didn't feel like a home. And when she was just when we walked through the door, Marius had completely turned the house into like a whole Christmas nutcracker house. <laughs> he had this welcome home banners, he had balloons. Um my sister had had gifts. Everyone was just happy. My mom cooked this big meal and it felt right. It felt like yeah. a celebration. That really felt like the birth. That felt yeah. like what it should have felt six weeks before. And there was there was no fear. It was simple. We have to wake up when she's hungry. We feed her. If you can do it, you do it. If I can do it, I do it. 
but we was just so happy that fear never once came into play, not once. Looking back now, so you're 10 weeks in, mm -hmm. does it feel like quite a surreal journey that you've taken in the last 10 weeks? Yeah. Like if you think now where you were 10 weeks ago, like that's such a, so much has happened. It's a different, I mean, I'm still kind of like, what's going on <laughs> after not sleeping? <laughs> but to be able to go through something like that, um, I, I think it, it shaped me as as a person it's it, it shocked me and then it made me even stronger it changed how i see myself it changed how i speak about myself because now yeah. everything i do is not just about me everything i do is about my family Ev everything mm -hmm. everything reflects back here's a moment i was watching gogglebox <laughs> with my dad and my dad was holding the baby and I was on the television with my sister, swearing <laughs> and talking about American pie, <laughs> the right. scene of the guy with the pie. And I was with my dad and my daughter and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I want to erase my whole part. <laughs> like, I want to erase everything. This moment was so awkward. I, I didn't even turn my face and look at him. And I was like, I need to block her ears. What, what if she finds this clip? Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> I realized that everything I had done before getting to this point, she might see and it's going to reflect on her. So from now on, moving forward and reflecting, I'm, I'm well aware that everything I do affects my family and I do it for them. Oti, I think that your daughter, when she looks back, when she's 18 and she can look back over your career, over everything that you've done and achieved, I think she's just going to be absolutely proud. She'll be absolutely like, wow, yeah, except proud. for Gogglebox. <laughs> We're not letting her watch that. <laughs> everything else, I'm like, this is what mommy did. This is what mommy did. Mommy didn't do that. That wasn't me. <laughs> it was another lady in another wig. You wait, um, it will go viral in 18 years. Oh, my like, God, no. yeah. <laughs> She'll be like, oh, my gosh, mom on American Pie. Um, no, so I think just that the last 10 weeks have been hard but life-changing and I haven't really spoken about it as well in public because yeah it, it was something that we went through personally and as hard as it was it, there were so many learning curves and so many things to be grateful for you know firstly mm. that she's okay she is great she's kicking right here next to me with my husband she's she's sleeping she's beautiful she's gorgeous and that's the first thing that she's okay that I'm okay and yeah. that I think my my sense of self has now completely changed and strengthened and from that hard 10 weeks I was able to kind of rise and she was able to kind of rise and that just yeah makes me go yes this is who we are you know even even my husband like this is who we are as as a family this is who we are as people we, we rise above it all and yeah crazy 10 weeks and then being back on dancing on ice <laughs> was like it, it just I know it's hard and it's I know like it's you said, because you've not spoken about it for a yeah. lot of people they're like wow she gave birth ten, two weeks ago which would be hard in itself yes. but they've got no idea of the journey that you've been on in the 10 yeah. weeks prior to that, to sitting in that chair. And, and I do think actually with podcasts, the amazing thing is that you get to talk in a long format. You know, I think that's what podcasts allow you to do. They get yeah. you to share your experience. But also with you, 
because I wouldn't share it with anyone else <laughs> but you. <laughs> this wasn't going to go on any other podcast but yours. Um, so that's a testament to you and how safe you oh, make women you. feel. So you, you can be proud of yourself for that as well. <laughs> I, I had been through a lot and I think just yeah. taking time with my, my, my family was for me the best thing that I could do. If you could write a letter on being a mum, who would it be to and what would you say? I think I would write it really to all women. I would write a letter that tells women all there is to know about trying to have a baby, about falling pregnant, about the good and the bad, the unexpected that could happen. I would write another side letter to my mom who's been my absolute rock who is like my house has stairs and and my mom has an eye problem but she'll still wash dishes wash the baby's clothes clean Mm. the house wash my clothes wash my husband's clothes and then take them up and down the stairs like and she's almost 70 and she's still doing all of these things for us I would tell my mom how much I love her she's been an absolute warrior for 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 me, my husband and my family. And I would also write a letter to to women who don't have children because I think when everyone around you is kind of talking about topics like this, it can be hard for women who are trying, women who feel like their opportunity Mm -hmm. has passed or their time has passed or they can't do it, that they are still good enough and they're still worthy and they're still beautiful. So many letters. So many letters. I love it. <laughs> so You'll many be letters. Writing so many letters. Yeah, write yeah, me a I letter. Yeah, <laughs> Call me William Shakespeare. <laughs> Oti, we end the podcast with you completing three sentences. The first one is being a mum means. Being a mum means everything to me. It is now the reason why I wake up and I absolutely love it. I love that. Since having a baby, I... Since having a baby, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't care. I don't sleep. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm very, I'm much more motivated than I was before. Lovely. And I'm happy when? I'm happy when, oh my gosh, I'm happy when my baby poops consistently. <laughs> and I know that. <laughs> Because that is a struggle as well. I am so happy when she poops. Uh, I'm happy when I am home. I am feeling very comfortable within myself, my body and my mind. And everyone around me is also happy, comfortable and their healthiest. Oti, thank you so much. And when I'm employed as well. (laughs) (laughs) That employment, yeah. Absolutely. That too. Oti, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast and sharing your your journey into motherhood with us. You know, I know this is all so personal. It's all st- so fresh. And uh, I, I don't take it lightly at all that you've you've decided to share it with us. I can't, I, yeah, I can't thank you enough. No, oh, thank you. No, thank you. And thank you again for setting up the podcast and, and a space where women can feel really, really safe and able to talk and be themselves. That's very rare. So thank you. Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.